the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Freedom with Adam Riojas. His goal is not only to inspire you to receive everything God has for you, but to go out into the world and make disciples of all nations. And now, here's your host, Adam Riojas. Woohoo! Yeah, Jesus! <laughs> I have Pastor Gary with me. Pastor Gary with me today, and I am excited that you're here with me. You know, our first part of the show always consists of uh, of having a host of of an interview, and today we have Pastor Gary Lee with us today, and I am really excited to to jump right into this. So here we go, Pastor Gary uh, Lee. Glad to be here with you, my brother. Let me ask you my very first question: How did you come to know the Lord? Oh, you got to hit someone right in the heart with it at the beginning, hey? Well, pff, those that do know me, uh, I uh, I struggled with drugs and alcohol and all that, but it always wasn't like that. When I was a kid, um, I wanted to be a professional baseball player, you know, and Tony Gwynn was my hero, and there's just a lot of different ones. But we lived next to a baseball field, and that's all I did was play baseball, play baseball, play baseball when there wasn't baseball. And then I can remember – um, my best friend, who was our catcher at the time, said, hey, man, let's spend a night at my house. And I go down and spend a night at his. But we always stayed at my house because the baseball field was right next door. And um, I finally go spend a night at his house. And his mom's all, all right, guys, dinner's in the oven, but stay off the back porch. You know, when you're like 12 years old, you're like Curious George. What's on the back porch? You know, and she leaves. And I opened the door, and it was just a jungle back there. That lady was, oh, my ganja. It was marijuana and i didn't know anything about it back then and that's my best friend but he's like i go what is that it smells good he's all it's weed you want to smoke some it's like cigarettes and if anybody's ever seen the movie prison break that's how my mind works i'm super fast at everything i do and i'm i'm thinking i'm a straight a student i'm working my butt off in baseball he's my best friend he's never steered me wrong yeah let's do it and i end up smoking it and i didn't realize it would take my whole life on a whole different turn i ended up going um, to the next thing, which was speed and lying and cheating and grades dropping and quitting baseball. And just my whole life ran down this big old toilet bowl. And uh, the next thing I know, I'm uh, I'm really addicted. And I'm so addicted, I started cooking. And the next thing you know, I'm in prison and in and out. And I ended up doing 15 years. I got locked up eight times in prison. And uh, I think the seventh time, my brothers and I said, hey, dudes, let's stop being so dysfunctional and start doing Christmases and holidays and stuff together. Cause you're always locked up. And anybody that knows our family, my dad was like John Wayne, Clint Eastwood, James Dean and Elvis all wrapped up into a superhero. And, um, you know, when he said he would be somewhere, he was there. Like you said, you gonna be there. I was at the church half hour early waiting on you. And it's like, that's just how he raised us boys. To, if we, we said we we're going to be somewhere, we honored it. If, if we were going to do something, we did it, you know, and uh, dad raised us that way. So I said, let's do it. And we shook hands on it. So I knew I had to honor my deal, but I was so addicted to that drug that I ended up uh, getting busted again with a bunch of it. And I ended up getting another six years in Chuckawalla is where I seen you get prayed out when you left. And long story short, um, on my way there, I knew I had to call my brothers and tell them, hey, man, I wasn't going to be there because we honor our side of the deal. And if I'm not going to be there, I need to say I'm not going to be there. And I I call home and was getting ready to tell my brother. And he's all, bro, don't worry about that. He's all, I'm about to blow the wind out of you. He's all, dad had a heart attack and passed away last night. And I lost it. I went in that cell and I beat my hands into a bloody mush until all these convicts came in there and said, dude, what's the matter with you? And I just want to pray. We guys pray with me? And I never prayed before. You know, I knew there was a God. I didn't know if he existed. Didn't know if he was real. But he was. Oh, my God, he was. Because I cried out to him, and there was no big old lightning flash or in the midst cloud or nothing like that. But I asked him to help me. I'm so sick and tired of being sick and tired. I hate this life. And 
I ended up going to Chuckawalla and did my six years, and I tried to get a hold of every drug and alcohol and drink I could find in there to just heal that empty, broken hole in my heart. You know, and when I had cried out to God, I didn't know he was already in there. That was the first time I know for a fact that I opened my heart just to crack to where God could get in there and do his business. And, oh, my God, if we fast forward to your next question, you're going to know. But that was the day I sincerely cried out to God, and that's the day I know he came into my heart, you know, and uh, changed my life for the better. So. That's, that's pretty powerful. So let me ask you another question. You talked about baseball and that your whole family was into it. Was there any other family members in your family that played baseball? Oh, yeah. My little brother ended up uh, getting to play for the Braves and the Mariners. He still golfs. He doesn't do it anymore, but he's, he golfs with Chipper Jones and all those guys. So he's, he, did, he did well. We were, all, we were all scouted when we were younger. Like when I was in, in minors, you know, majors wanted me, majors, pony wanted me, college. It just went on and on. And our phone constantly ringed because we were team players, and we'd get on there and just handle it. So you know, what was your brother's name? Fred Ernst. Yeah, he owns a, a IVG, a corporation down here in downtown now, so it's pretty awesome. So he's doing well. He's doing really well, yeah. <laughs> Praise yeah, the Lord. Boy. Here's what's amazing about you. What do you do outside of being a church? And we'll get to some more questions, but what do you do outside of church? What do you do for a living? Well, that's another thing. I mean, everybody can say that you're just doing time in prison, but I— after six or seven, and here I am on my eighth time, I wanted to make time. So not only did I start doing Bible studies and getting into everything I could, I, I also took 26 units of milling cabinet, which that was like four years of work, you know, and I ended up becoming a master carpenter. So I'm not a master of nothing. We know who the master is, but I can fix some stuff, you know, and it's been pretty awesome. I went and got my uh, home inspector's license, my contractor's license. I've, I just build and fix everything, and I take care of all of real property management's uh you know, empty units. There's like two or three thousand of them they send me to. So it's it's pretty cool. You know, I got a little bit of trade. So so you work on the side. Yes. So if somebody wanted to call you and say, "Hey, fix my house," what's your phone number? Seven six zero nine one seven four six zero five. Or you can go on Facebook and look for Gary Lee's Carpentry and Repairs. It's on there too. You can see some of my work. Fantastic. So you're now one of our our worship pastors at our church, and you also do a lot of outreaching and. I think what's really incredible about you is is uh, you have a band and, and you're the lead singer in the band and you're the founder of this band. And uh, tell me a little bit about, you know, it's forming, it's foundation and uh, what it does now and how far you've gotten with your band. Wow. You know, when I was becoming a Christian in prison and – I wanted to get away from all the worldly stuff. It's hard to do, you know, especially nowadays with technology. It's crazy. But back there in prison, we didn't have all that. And we just had people popping, you know, cassettes and CDs around in there. And if you can get a hold of a good CD, that you'd had something to listen to all the time. But I was always trying to figure out the Bible. And I never could read the Bible right. But then I kept seeing this name, In the Midst. We're two or more gathered. He, there he is in the midst. And then we're, it, Revelations 5, 6, and the it says that too as well. And um I ended up uh, writing a bunch of music. I got a hold of a little five-string guitar in there, and uh, someone was tattooing with the six-string on there, you know what I mean? But I ended up uh, learning how to play A, B, C, D, F, G on the guitar, and I wrote over 150 songs while I was in there. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to start a Christian band, you know? And uh, I drew this logo, and it's, our band's called In The Mitz 777. We're on YouTube, Spotify, like uh, Apple Music. It's everywhere. But... It wasn't like that at the beginning. It was just writing songs, and then I knew me. So when I got out, I checked myself into a program in Vista and did the whole nine months and then stuck around for another six months of aftercare because I'm a knucklehead, and I know me, so I know I needed more recovery, and I stuck around there. And while I was there, this little old man, Lee, was doing Bible studies, and he's all, hey, man, I heard you playing your guitar over there. Would you come and uh, do a couple songs for us at the Bible study? I'm like, you got a Bible study here? I'm like, Yeah. So my, you know me, Jesus, I go rolling in there with the guitar, and uh, I never stopped. I was there every Wednesday night leading worship for these guys, and some of the guys in the program came in and saw what they, they liked what they saw in my eyes and my face, and one of them's all, hey, man, would you sponsor me? And find out he's a drummer. So I got a big drum set, like, cool. Another guy, would you sponsor me? He's like, I play guitar, and it, it's kind of weird how recovery, once I got my whole life turned over and started getting back into God and recovery and just being clean and sober. Everything fell into place. And I told the guys, hey, man, I wrote a bunch of music. You know, let's 
see what we can do. And we tracked our first album and didn't think it was going to go that big. But our very first album, one of the songs I wrote in Chuck Koala was called uh, Wayward Heart. The sinful things that we may do are often hid from human view. But Judgment Day will bring to light those things that we have not made right. And someone heard that on Reverb Nation, and he's like, man, you guys have been first place on Reverb Nation for four or five years. He's all, would you guys mind coming up to the L.A. Music Awards and and doing a voting party? Like, uh, you have to bring your fans. they got to vote for you. And if you win, you win. If you don't, at least you get to walk a red carpet. I'm like, yeah, I'll be there. And we went out and absolutely... Just performed, had so much fun, and we leave. And this is at the Whiskey A Go Go. We're in a dark bar up there. It's Satan. Everybody's up there. But we came in there and just shined the light of Christ. And I'm at work and I'm doing T bar ceiling in the Hobby Lobby that's up in Temecula at the time. And I get a phone call. And it's Al Bowman, the founder of the LA Music Awards. He's all, Is this Gary Lee? He's all, This is Al Bowman from the LA Music Awards. He's all, I don't know how you did it. You guys came up here to the whiskey with four people, and you dominated. He's all, you were 186 votes ahead of everybody. You won Rock Single of the Year. Wow. (laughs) Wow. So we ended up winning a song in the worldly thing against System of a Down. All these bands are out there now. But I never thought something like that would happen, and I really dug my heels in then. I just kept riding and riding. And the next thing you know, there's better members in the band, even one of our our teachers at, at our church is uh, the lead guitar player in the band, Phil. And we just continue to just be a little humble, small band, go out there and rock as loud as we can and proclaim the name of Jesus. And I can fast forward to today. Just last month, we came back with uh, outstanding national live performers at the Nashville Music Awards. What? Powerful. Never, <laughs> yeah, I never thought something like that would happen. So we end up... Um, just taking a trip down there, and that was probably the best thing that ever happened to me. I know you guys were on a family trip at the same time, but just just driving by yourself with God and worship music and just cruising through all Texas and Oklahoma and, you know, Arkansas. Oh, my God. I had so much fun, dude. So, hey, if you just tuned in with us, you're here with Freedom with Adam Riojas, and I'm currently right now in the middle of of – Speaking with Pastor Gary Lee, who has a powerful testimony, and the next thing you're going to hear right now is play this phenomenal song that he wrote. Uh, Pastor Gary Lee is an inspiration. He's had a dark past, but you know what the Bible says. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Today is the day of salvation. Pastor Gary. Jesus. just can't live one day without you more love more power that's saying it's true on my knees my soul is at rest up to your throne i lift my request please forgive me for the pain that i caused to all that had to suffer when i was lost now i'm Right when it's wrong And sing this new song Yes, I'm free From the chains of despair To love whom no one cares You've done so much No words can explain The way I feel told you You wiped out my pain gave me freedom that I must now use to declare your name, spread your good news. What's more to offer? I'll give my best try. Lord, use me, my flesh I deny. I want to grow, so feed me your bread and how to bring life to those who are dead. Now I'm song, yes I'm free, from the chains of despair, to love whom no one cares. Wow, 
Pastor Jesus Lee. He is such a phenomenal worshiper. I am so honored to know him. And uh, here's my last question. Uh, I, I know you used to be this bad guy. And, you know, the Bible's very clear. It's none good and not one. Not None one. of us. Yeah. And, and, you know, the Bible says that there's a lot of good people in hell. And because you're not justified by your works, but by Jesus. Come um, on now. What's that name? Jesus. <laughs> Come on now. So here's my, my question for you. Um, you were in prison. Uh, you gave your life to Jesus. Things have changed for you drastically. You're now a warrior for the Lord. Leave us with some encouraging words that if, uh, if someone is just listening now, um, they can take to heart. And, you know, we're here with Freedom with Adam Riojas. And I'm, I'm right now interviewing Pastor Gary Lee. And he's going to leave us with some very powerful words and and, and let us know right after you finish that how we can get a hold of you, how we can get you to come to a church to play if they need you or to an event. Um, leave us with some words and then just close us out. Absolutely. Some of the things I do is in, in success today because I was never successful. I, I thought I was a failure. I thought there was a black cloud following me around. I thought, I thought, I thought, I thought, I thought. And that was me. And I wasn't thinking with God in my heart. You know, and if you sincerely talk to God every day, like, Lord, here we go again. You know, because some days just laying in bed seems like the best thing to do, you know. And a lot of people are addicted, afflicted. They're tortured. They're tormented. Their lives are just, they're walking around without God in their life. And that's how I see someone in a program. Like, I'm in recovery. I just celebrated 16 years clean and sober on August 1st. So I know what it's like to walk around without God in my life and trying to stay sober and trying to stay clean in it. It doesn't happen, but if you replace alcohol with, say, water, these are just some successes. If you replace your failing with and make it a learning experience, amen? If you do your overthinking, instead of overthinking something, put some stuff into action. The action will take that overthinking away because you're doing something. Blaming others. Take responsibility for your own stuff. Don't worry about what they're doing. They're going through their own mission in life. Toxic friends. <laughs> Instead of those, why don't you try and replace those with some mentors? You're one of my mentors, brother. I've been watching your walk for years, and I love you. You're an amazing pastor, and just the leaps and bounds you're going through right now is is pretty amazing. And I'm like I said, I'll be right on your tail on the way down here. I got your back, bro. Know that. Complaining. Man, that was a big thing. I could complain about not having six strings on my guitar in prison. I can complain about you know, not having sushi. I had to eat a top ramen soup, whatever it is. But if we replaced complaining with gratitude, I'm so grateful I have this in front of me to eat because some people don't. Amen? Amen. And your Netflix marathon. How many people waste so much time watching TV, watching movies, playing video games? Man, I, I, I'm trying to replace that with proper sleep. That's why you guys see me so happy all the time. I'm getting the sleep I need. I'm not marathoning it so much. And then those fake influences or influencers, you know, get 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 around some people that inspire you. Like today, I'm, I try to hang around winners, and that's why I seem to be winning. And some people are jealous of that. You know, they're jealous of the, the success that I've done in the few years I've been out. I've only been out 16 years. I was in for 15. I, it's like I'm trying to catch up on stuff. So people get jealous of that, and that's not that's not of God, you know. I want to see. I want to be one of the people behind my brothers that that loves to see you succeed. You know, wants to be one of those guys that can help you succeed, and that's that's been my mission. And as far as this band, everybody's seen the faces change because it's clean and sober. People get loaded and they got to go. I can't be around it, you know, because where did that get me? It always got me what I always got. So if someone ever wants to contact us, we do Saturday Night Live over at the church. Um, this coming Saturday, we're going to have Randy B. Funk coming out to do some rap. And then the next Saturday will be And Ever if you guys like metal. So there's always something going on at 2112 El Camino Real in Oceanside. And... 
If you guys want to get a hold of my band or myself, my number is 760-917-4605. You can find In The Mitt 777 anywhere online. Just go ahead and put it in the Google search, and you'll find us on Spotify, YouTube, iTunes. We're all over that stuff. But I'm just so grateful to be here with you, Adam, and I'm just, I love you, brother. There's nothing you can do about it. Pastor Gary, I love you. Let me quickly pray. Lord, I just thank you for this amazing man and the journey that he's been on. And it gives me hope. It gives anybody hope that finds himself in a dark place where there's nowhere to turn. Um, Thank you, Lord, that he turned to Jesus. Continue to bless his journey, Lord. In Jesus' name. Jesus! (laughs) Wow, that was an amazing interview. And, you know, as we get ready to go into the book of John, I, I want you to remember this, that God can, God is able, and God wants to, and God loves you, and there's nothing you can do about it. Just like Pastor Gary said earlier, he loves you, he died on a cross, and he wants to have a relationship with you. You know, we just finished the first uh, part of John. We finished first chapter. Uh, we kind of mixed them up a little bit. We we picked it up from 19 to uh, the end and to to 51. And uh, but we're all caught up now. You by now you've heard both parts of all of chapter one, and we're getting ready to begin chapter two. It's a journey. We know that John wrote this book. Uh, John is uh, considered by a lot of us to be one of Jesus's closest disciples. Uh, The Bible tends to show us that he was actually his little cousin, and and you can see that by the great love that Jesus had for him. Um, Here it is. Chapter 2, verse 1 says this, And in the third day there was a marriage in Cana of Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. And both Jesus was called and his disciples to the marriage. And when they wanted wine, the mother of Jesus said unto him, they have no wine. Here's what's truly interesting as we begin this book, that this is the first time we see the mother of Jesus, who's never named by name in the book of John, but here we see her requesting a request from Jesus. We never see a request again Here is a wedding that's taking place, and she just tells Jesus there's no more wine. And this is what Jesus responded to her. Woman, what have I to do with thee? My hour is not yet come. It seems like a little soft rebuke, like, like, woman, what have I have? What do I got to do with you? And what's amazing is that it's, it's a sad moment because Um, we've never seen this before in Scripture. His mother said unto him, unto the servants, do whatsoever he says unto you, do it. And if Mary was right here with us today, she would tell you exactly the same thing. Do whatever he tells you to do, whatever Jesus tells you to do. Now, Scripture is very clear. The Bible tells us that there's only one mediator between God and man, and that person is Jesus. That person is Jesus. Listen, if you have, if you just tuned in with us today, you are here with freedom, with Adam Riojas. And as we continue our study, his mother said unto her servants, Do whatsoever he doeth unto you. Do it. Do whatever Jesus tells you to do. Do it. And there was set there six water pots of stone after the manner of purifying of the Jews, containing two or three firkins apiece. Now, what's really interesting about this verse is that it was it was exactly about a hundred and fifty gallons of water, um, and we know this by what firkins means. Um, normally it was used for the washing of the feet, but Jesus did something spectacular. Jesus said unto them, fill the water pots with water, and they filled them up to the brim. And he said unto them, draw out now and bear unto the governor of the feast, and they bear it. 
Look, as we continue in this story, I want you to know that Jesus can do all things. He's about to change a substance into another substance, a creative action, a creative act, a substance to another substance. We've never seen anything like this. If you are going through something, he can change your life. He can bring life into you. He can breathe life into you. The Oceanside Pier is a sacred place, blessed with ocean views, the strand, good people, and good times. You'll find all those things and more at the Bistro at the Pier. Locally owned and operated, the Bistro at the Pier offers delicious food options and a full slate of crafted coffee drinks, including Italy's own Cafe Vergnano, sourced from Italy's finest coffee beans. So whether you're craving an acai bowl or an espresso, the Bistro at the Pier is waiting for you. Head on down or visit them online at bistroatthepier.org. Freedom Generation Higher Education is a faith-based alternative education option that values constitutional rights and medical freedom, serving ages 3 through 6th grade. Hosted by At the Cross Church in Oceanside, they offer in-person classes and electives Tuesday through Thursday, along with the classical conversation community offering foundations and essentials on Mondays. And they're now accepting applications for fall 2022. Visit them online at atthecrossoceanside.com. That's atthecrossoceanside.com. Welcome, Jesus Student. This is Freedom with Adam Riojas as we're going through the book of John, our latter part of the show. And verse 9, we pick it up. When the ruler of the feast had tasted the water that was made wine and knew not whence it was, but the servants which drew the water knew, the governor of the feast called the bridegroom and said unto him, Every man at the beginning doth set forth good wine. And when men have well drunk, then that which is worse, but thou hast kept the good wine until now. Now, that word well drunk in the the Greek word uh, means methulo, which means they were drunk. They were literally drunk. It's the way it's translated. In that, in that same verse, we see something really powerful that a lot of people struggle with. It says this, the good wine. Now, the good wine had miraculous uh, been created by the creator. Remember, in 1 John, it says that he made, at the beginning of John, in John 1, 1, and 1, 2, and 3, it says that he made all things. Jesus is the creator and was brand new with no time to ferment and become old or intoxicating wine. Now, the Greek word oinos was used for the juice of grapes in general. The same word uh, for both unfermented and fermented wine with the context determining which. Now, this is something to, to ponder. The decay process utilizing the fermented wine with the context um, can literally tell uh, tells us that that Jesus did not make old wine um, because leaven always in Scripture represents corruption. Now to convert good fresh wine into intoxicating wine could only have acted in this case because Christ Himself had created wine in its original intent before the sin of the world began in the book of Genesis when Adam blew it. Let me tell you um, something that is really powerful when, whenever you drink uh, uh, good wine or, or good grape juice, there's a lot of benefits to it. Now, here's some of the benefits that, that grape juice could benefit our whole body. Now, there's 15 of them. One of them, it prevents uh, skin problems. Two, it soothes migraine headaches. Three, it relieves constipation. Four, it reduces the risk of heart disease. Five, treats kidney disorders. Six, 
um, literally boosts brain power. Uh, seven, it boosts immunity. Eight, prevents eye degeneration. Nine, anti-inflammatory properties. Ten, prevents hair loss. Eleven, good for your knees. Twelve, decreases fatigue. Thirteen, antibacterial. Fourteen, controls high blood pressure. Fifteen, helps manage weight. Now, when you look at scripture, you can literally look at it and know that Jesus didn't make intoxicating wine at this time. He literally made what he had created was brand new wine, brand new grape juice. And no wonder they all looked at it and, and knew that it was better tasting the, than, than the original wine that got them all drunk that had leaven, which always symbolizes corruption. Now, verse 11 says, This is the beginning of miracles did Jesus in Cana of Galilee and manifested forth his glory, and his disciples believed on him. It's interesting uh, for you and I to know this, is that as Jesus continues to, to perform all these powerful miracles, John points us to seven miracles that could only have been performed by God himself. Creation miracles. Just like he changed the water into wine, it was a creation miracle. And that's what John points out throughout his book. He wants you and I to know who Jesus is. God Almighty. Isaiah 6, 9, 6 this, says this, Unto us a child is born, unto us a son has been given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. I personally believe that if you have any doubt that Jesus is God, today is the day of salvation. I don't believe you can be saved without knowing who Jesus is. God Almighty He is the only one that can redeem you back to himself. He is the only one who has died for your sins. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Remember that word in the beginning, God, that word God is Elohim. It's a plural name for God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. They were all active in there. And we've gone through scripture. You've listened to this before. It's clearly tells us that Jesus is the creator. You're like, I've never seen that. Go to Colossians 1. You will read it for yourself that Jesus is God. Verse 13 says this, And the Jews' Passover was at hand, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem and found in the temple those that sold oxen and sheep and doves and the changers of money sitting. And And when he had made a scourge of small cords, He drove them all out of the temple and the sheep and the oxen and poured out the change change changers' money and overthrew the tables. And he said unto them that sold doves, Take these things hence, make not my father's house of house of merchandise. Now, John is the only one that records this instant uh, when Jesus, at the beginning of his ministry, goes in and cleanses the temple, and we know the last time he cleansed it, he says, my house shall be called a house of prayer, a house of prayer. They had literally forgotten who God was, the creator of all. Now, in our last time that we spoke, we we, uh, talked a little bit about who John uh, the Baptist was, and he literally said that he was the one, the voice crying, crying out in the desert when he's when there's two instances in there when he speaks about the Lord and God and both of those point to Christ he's literally talking about Jesus the first instance he calls Isaiah and, and Isaiah 40 verse 3 calls Jesus you know what he calls him he calls him Jehovah Jehovah Jehovah, the Bible says, the voice of him that crieth in the wilderness, prepare ye the way of the Lord. That word Lord is Jehovah. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Elohim, he's pointing 
to Jesus. Of course, Jesus was going to be angry. They are literally changing his house into a mall, into a place where they're selling merchandise. And these things they were selling weren't like the best things they were selling. They had not made it a swap meet. And his disciples remembered that it was written, the zeal of thine house has eaten me up. It was a special place. And Jesus wanted to remind them of it. Then answered the Jews and said unto him, What sign showest thou unto us, seeing that thou doest these things? Hey, if you just joined us, this is Freedom with Adam Riojas as we're going through the book of John. Welcome. And we just finished reading verse 18, and I will repeat it again. Then answered the Jews and said unto him, What sign showest thou unto us, seeing thou doest these things? Jesus had just cleansed the temple. They're asking us, why are you doing this? What authority do you have to do this? Jesus answered and said unto them, destroy this temple and in three days I will raise it up. Prophetically speaking about what was going to happen. His body, he was literally saying, destroy this temple, his body, and in three days I will raise it up. I will raise it up. He rose up. He's God. He rose from the dead to conquer sin. Listen, if you're listening right now and you're depressed, you're thinking of committing suicide, you're broke, you're, you're angry. You know, our president just got raided um, by the FBI, which is insanity. And if that's bothering you, if all the world events are catching up to you, if, if you see America falling apart, what's happening over in in, in China and in Taiwan, Ukraine and Russia, Iran, Israel, the Gaza Strip. Oh my goodness, you need Jesus. There's nowhere to turn right now. You need Jesus. You can't provide for yourself. You need the great provider, Jesus. Jehovah Jireh. He's a healer. He's the provider. Then said the Jews, 40 and 6 years was in the temple and building. Will thou rear it up in three days? They come back and they, they, they didn't catch the spiritual. Some of you may not be catching the spiritual. But, but listen, this is Jesus telling them that he would lay down his body and in three days he would raise it up. He would raise it up. And 20 verse, verse 21, 221 clears it up. But he spoke of the temple of his body, of his body. You know, every time believers participate in communion um, and we eat the bread, it reminds us of what Jesus did for us. He laid down his body for those that believe. And he wants you today, if you are a non-believer, to come to him, to believe that he loves you, that he can restore you, that he can make you brand new. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. It doesn't matter what you've ever done. He forgives you and makes you brand new. He can give you hope. He wants to give you hope. Then therefore he was risen from the dead. His disciples remembered that he had said, this unto them, and they believed the scripture and the words what Jesus had said. It wasn't until Jesus rose from the dead that his disciples remembered this. I'm sure they had all kinds of epiphanies. I'm sure they, they thought back and remembered all of these miraculous things that Jesus did. I'm sure they remembered that he had turned a substance into another substance, something that only God can do. I'm sure they were remembering all those those people that couldn't hear, that got their hearing back, their sight back. The, 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 the greatest miracle that I think is when he rose from somebody from the dead after being dead four days. I'm sure a lot of this stuff was going on through their head. And it wasn't until they saw him resurrected that they remembered this. Now, when he was in Jerusalem at the Passover in the feast day, verse 23, 
Many believed in his name when they saw the miracles which he did. I know that God can do all things. I know that God loves you, loves me, and I know that nothing is impossible for God. But if you're a believer and and, and your faith is dwindling and, and, and you feel like he's not answering your prayer, that he's not hearing you, that he's forgotten about you, God never leaves us nor forsakes us. Never leaves us nor forsakes us. If all you ever did was believe in him because of his miracles, then our eyes are in the wrong place. Something new happens inside of us. I don't really have the words, but I know that he gives us new eyes to see with, new ears to hear with, a new mouth to speak with. He does what no one else can do. He does what a psych can't do. He gives us hope. He restores us. Verse 24 says this, but Jesus did not commit himself unto them because he knew all men. He knew all men. He knows the thought of every man because he's God. He's God and he can look into your mind. He can look into your heart and know everything about you. You remember earlier when we spoke about uh, Nathaniel and how he was sitting under this tree and when Jesus saw him under this tree through his eyes, he wasn't physically there, but he knows all things, remember. Uh, he looked at Nathaniel and said, Behold an Israelite indeed in whom is no guile. Nathaniel said unto him, When did you see me or how did you know me? Before Philip called thee, when thou was under the fig tree, I saw you. See, you may be that Nathaniel. You may be questioning perhaps everything about God, everything about who he is. And you may have lost focus. You may have taken your eyes off of Jesus. He knows you. He knows where you're at, and he wants to restore you. He loves you. He knows that you're doubting now. He knows that you're scared. He knows that you're hungry. But he wants to feed you. And he wants to strengthen your faith. And he wants to use you if you are a believer. If you've given up on him, today is the day of restoration. He knows you. Verse 25 says this as we, as we get close to finishing our, our talk for today. And need it not that any man should testify a man for he knew what was in man. He comes back and, and he's letting you, them, me, know that he knows what's in you. He knows what's in me. He knows your struggle. He knows your pain. Scripture says that today is a day of salvation. Today. You don't have to wait till tomorrow. Tomorrow's not promised. I have and known healthy friends that have died overnight. A stroke, a heart attack. Tomorrow is not promised. Today is the day of salvation. Today is the day of restoration. Today is the day where you strengthen your faith. 
Today is the day that Jesus is speaking to you. He wants to make all things new. He wants to open your eyes up clearly. He wants to love on you. You know, earlier in this first part of the show, we had Pastor Gary Lee with us today. And in his testimony, you heard him say that, ah, he was in prison before. Ah, that, that, that he even cooked meth before. That, that he used drugs. But you know what he said. I, I am now 16 years sober. I now have a life. I, I now can push through all things. He now has Jesus. He now has Jesus. He's a worship pastor. He, he works hard to provide for his family. And, and you heard him. He, he has a contractor's license. He's a home inspector. He's a handyman. He can do it all. God gave him a brand new life. God can do that with you as well. He knows what is in man. The Bible makes it simple for us. It's so simple that some folks think it's crass. Jesus, come into my heart. I believe that you died for my sins. I believe that you rose from the dead. Be my God. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. That's all it takes. Jesus makes you brand new instantly at that this point in history. And he gives you hope. A future. Not to hurt you, but to prosper you. Folks, today is a day of salvation. Today is a day that God wants to enter into your life. Don't give up hope. Hope is alive. And at this, as we close, I want to ask Pastor Gary to sing one more song. As he begins to set up, I want to let you know that Jesus loves you. And he wants to abide in you. He wants to live in you and make you brand new. Thank you for being here with us today. And as Pastor Gary um, sings this song, I pray that it will be a blessing to you.
Join us at our church. You can come by anytime. We have two services on Sunday, 8 a.m. and 10 a.m. Come worship with us. And if you want to pray for us and partner up with us, visit us on our website at atthecrossoceanside.org. We love you. We thank you for joining us. And please, please keep us in prayer as we will be praying for you for restoration, for salvation, for hope, especially as we live in these days. Thanks for listening to Freedom with Adam Riojas. If you'd like to contact Adam, email him at freedom at adamriojas.com. Make sure to tune in next week at 5 p.m. here on K-Praise. If you missed a show, Go to your favorite podcast provider and search Freedom with Adam Riojas. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.